Welcome back to the Sided Podcast. This is episode 39. We inch closer and closer to episode 40. I feel like when we get to the 40s, maybe the 50s, we near the 60s. That's always a milestone here on the Sided Podcast where we get all our content from our website, Sided.co, and our Sided Debates app. Make sure to go to the website or download the app, make an account. That's where the fun starts. That's where the controversy starts and you can get debating. I'm Cameron Uzair, your host as always, and I'm joined by a brand new guest. I promised at the beginning of this uh, podcast, video series, whatever you want to talk about, a debate show, that I'd bring in new guests. So I'm not here to disappoint. Ryan Atchison is joined with us. Ryan, how you doing? Who are you? Introduce yourself. Yeah, thanks, Cameron. It's been great. I'm glad to uh, come on. And um, Well, guys, I'm a senior at KU. I'm studying journalism. Uh, I've been debating for about a couple years now on our show, Take a Side KU. It's been a fun time. Uh, I'm really excited to, to talk, and thanks for having me, Cameron. Of course, and Take a Side KU is almost the originator of what the Sided podcast came out of. So if you want to follow Take a Side KU or watch any of their shows, I'm going to link all that in the description. And if you've watched any of our previous Sided podcasts, Max McElroy is another host on Take Aside KU. So you kind of got the best of both worlds with both Ryan and Max. If you want to check out those previous episodes, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and look at all those in the past. And of course, there's about 37, 38 of them up on YouTube. So don't miss a beat. Go watch all of them. Give them a like, subscribe to our YouTube channel. But Ryan, this is how we do it here. Six topics on the docket, five topics, and then our final debate of the day, two minutes on the clock for each of them. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do it, man. Let's get right into it. It's football season, so why go away from football? We go to our website, Sided.co, as well as our Sided Debates app. Make sure that you make an account. Sided NFL Talk posts this. Most surprising 2-0 team in the NFL. We're just, you know, it seems like just a couple weeks into the NFL, but it actually seems like, you know, six or seven weeks. It's been so exciting to get the sport back, and there are a lot of teams that are surprising everyone. The Raiders are 2-0. The Broncos are the same. The Cardinals 2-0. The Panthers right now, following Thursday Night Football, are 3-0. But we'll just take it as the most surprising undefeated team in the NFL. Ryan, two minutes on the clock. Who are you giving me? Well, Cameron, I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals. Week one, they started really surprising. Go into Tennessee, into Nashville, and they stomp on the Titans. I was surprised. Kyler Murray balling out already an early MVP candidate that defense with added JJ Watt Chandler Jones, absolutely going on a, a thread, just destroying the Titans offensive line, five sacks in a game, two forced fumbles. I mean, this team, I was not expecting them to finish very high in the NFC West. I had them probably finishing third or fourth. And right now with them having that high power offense, they also added A.J. Green in the offseason. DeAndre Hopkins, best wide receiver right now in the NFL, in my opinion. This, this team is, like, unbelievable how well they played the first two games. And with the tough schedule and going into Tennessee like that and just absolutely stomping, I think they just go up. This NFC West division is going to be very, very hard this year. Ryan, I'm shocked that you picked the Cardinals because out of that list, I'm the least surprised that the Cardinals are 2-0. Yeah, you could say they escaped against the Vikings on – Yet again, a Minnesota blunder on a field goal and then the beatdown of the Titans. But that's a team that I expected to at least have a winning record and do well. The other teams on this list, 
didn't expect the Broncos to be there. Not really with the Panthers, but those teams really haven't played anyone. You look at how the Broncos have played, and it's really been Mickey Mouse teams when they get into AFC West competition. That's when the Broncos will meet their, you know, will meet their maker. And then on the Panthers side, this is a team getting acclimated with the new system. Matt Rule's doing a great job. But then again, who have they played? You beat the Jets. And then on Thursday night football, you beat the Texans. No one's really there. I'm shocked with the Raiders beating the Ravens and the Steelers. These are two teams that will most likely make the playoffs. That Steelers defense is elite. On top of the fact that the Ravens just beat the Chiefs, we know that Ravens offense is elite. I am absolutely bamboozled by this Raiders team because it seems like they're always so up and down. Last year, you rely on Josh Jacobs. He's now hurt. So now it's, you know, the Derek Carr show. Where'd he come from? He's looking like a Pro Bowl quarterback. So I'm going to go with the Raiders because I am completely shocked at this start. They've had one of the hardest schedules through the first two games. Do I think that the Raiders will slow down? Ryan, I'm not going to be blasphemous and say this Raiders team has a chance to win the Super Bowl. But I am more shocked that the Raiders are having this much success because at least the Cardinals have the talent on paper. With the Raiders, who do you have? Henry Ruggs is your number one, one of the most inconsistent draft picks probably to ever come out of the first couple of rounds. So I'm going to go with the Raiders because, in my opinion, Las Vegas should not be 2-0. But guess what? They are. Let's head to our second topic of the day. Sided NFL Talk, once again, post this. Will Andy Dalton ever start a game for the Bears again? Yes or no? Do you believe in the red rifle, Ryan? Two minutes on the clock. Well, let's look at the situation. You know, the Bears in the offseason started tweeting QB1 for Andy Dalton to be the starter, and they've committed to that. And the thing with Fields is he's a great quarterback. He was arguably supposed to be the second guy off the board, but then what happened? Zach Wilson came out of nowhere. Jets liked him better. Now, Dalton's out for this week. Fields gets his first start this week in week three. I think it's Fields' job to lose. Now, what I mean that is Fields has balled out, but a lot of the times I'm confused of why the Bears have all of a sudden put Fields in on random plays where it's just one play or two plays a game. But I think Andy Dalton has a chance to start another game this year. I think it's best for Fields to, to learn behind a really good veteran who's been in the league for many years and to develop just like, just like a Patrick Mahomes situation. You know, If Patrick Mahomes played for the Chiefs, the first year over Alex Smith, I don't think he would be an MVP or the talked, most talked about player in the NFL. And now can Fields be that person, an MVP? Sure, possibly. He could, he could do it. But I think if you want to develop Fields to be the best quarterback that you possibly can be for this struggling Bears team that's really been desperate for a quarterback for so many years, I think it's best to, to let him sit and learn behind a veteran. Now, he has the job right now. So if he starts to struggle, I think they should pull Andy Dalton back in there, give Fields a learning lesson, and then see from there and go from there. But I think Andy Dalton will probably start another game this year based on the situation they're having a struggle between the two quarterbacks. And if I'm a Bears fan, it's unfortunate, but I'm saying the exact same thing. This is almost like a pseudo Chargers situation. If Tyrod Taylor even had the ability to come back after, you know, the doctor punctured his lung on accident, uh, where Justin Herbert, you know, had, you know, a plethora of success and all of a sudden this guy is not just your starting quarterback for the future but also the rookie of the year I have a lot of faith in Justin Fields keeping this starting job but he's also a guy that went six of 13 for 66 yards 
and did not have a touchdown in a win against the lowly Bengals. And if Andy Dalton comes back and that's all Justin Fields is giving me, the Bears are stubborn enough. Matt Nagy's stubborn enough to start Andy Dalton again. Do you believe, do you really believe that Andy Dalton gives gives the Bears a better opportunity to win? Or do you think that's Justin Fields, Ryan? Well, let's see. Andy Dalton's career has been pretty average for the most part. Cincinnati with Marvin Lewis, he got to the playoffs a few times, but then just couldn't get over the hump and win in a playoff game. I think the best chance for them is Fields in the long run. Um, But this year, I think it's smart to stay with Dalton, stay with what's been working. You have no you have no risk this year. You're not expected to win a division this year. That's possibly going to the Green Bay Packers based on what's going on with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. That team is a little bit better than the Bears right now. Now, let's be honest. The Bears, they could make a statement this year if if somehow injuries start happening with the Vikings and the Packers. So you could see that they might be in contention for that seven spot in the wild card. They even made it last year with Trubisky. So they have a chance at possibly being that wild card, but it just depends on the situation. If Dalton can stay healthy, but if Dalton's healthy, I don't see why they wouldn't go away from him and let fields take a backseat of the bus just to learn and develop. And Ryan, I actually wasn't expecting that answer. I thought you would say, you know, fields all the way because with Andy Dalton, you mentioned how subpar he's been throughout his career. I think Fields gives the Bears the best opportunity to have some uh, happiness this year. I just think you start Dalton, it's another wasted year. Yeah, you can develop Fields. I think the best form of development, put him on the field, see what he can do. If Andy Dalton comes back next week after missing this week and Fields has an okay showing, let's say Andy Dalton you know, plays well in one game. I'm not really seeing much. Dalton, you know, he sucked against the, uh, with the Cowboys. If he has one good game with the Bears and he is their starter. I-, I feel like the Bears are going nowhere. You're right. The Bears are going nowhere anywhere. But why not throw in the young guy, see what he can do, especially in a lost season. If he can take the Bears from a lost season to maybe, I don't know, seven wins, then I can trust this guy with my franchise. This is the, you know, you're hoping this guy can be your franchise. It's not a cheap situation. Alex Smith was good. Andy Dalton is, eh. so I think this is a completely different situation. I think Andy Dalton will, to answer the question, will start another game because of how stubborn the Bears are. I don't think he should, but I like how you preface this entire argument. It is Fields' job to lose. If he goes out there and scorches in week three, it's his job come week four. So yeah, there's a lot of pressure on the rookie. I trust him, but also I don't really trust the Bears, their management and the system that really put Andy Dalton in this position in the first place. Let's head to our third topic. Ryan Dyrud posts this. Where will the Los Angeles Rams finish in the AFC West? First, second, third, or last? Now, I don't know why Ryan Dyrud said the AFC West because the Rams are in the NFC West. But that's not the point. The point is the Rams are really good this season, which could have shocked a lot of people. It shocked me. So you're talking about the NFC West one of the best divisions in all of football. Ryan, do you think this Rams team has the ability to finish in the upper echelon of the division? Or is this another year of, eh, we're probably going to see the Seahawks do it all over again? Well, Cameron, I will say the pre, when I had, um, I play a lot of fantasy. And when I'm, I saw the schedule for the Rams, I'm like, this is, this is a great schedule for the Rams. And let's look at the other, other members in the division. Seattle, 
great offense. Russell Wilson should be an MVP. I don't know why he isn't yet. But that defense has absolutely been decimated. 49ers had a long, hard season last year, loss of three or four defensive starters. Garoppolo is now being masked with Trey Lance coming around, possibly being the future quarterback. And Arizona, like I said, with my surprise team, I was not expecting Arizona to be there. Now, to answer the question, the Rams have the most balanced team in the NFC West, hands down. You got Matthew Stafford, addition, biggest addition of the whole offseason. He has looked phenomenal in his first two games. Absolutely great. This guy was doing Patrick Mahomes things before the impact of Mahomes existed. The guy is legitimately a baller. He's got Cooper Cup, his favorite target, going completely off. You got Robert Woods also. You got Darrell Henderson, who's been really good filling in after Cam Akers went down with the torn Achilles. This Rams team, and then with that defense, you got Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. This defense is one of the top five defenses in the National Football League, hands down. And with that schedule, I, I just cannot see how the Rams cannot finish first, especially with Seattle's really, really bad secondary and defense. I'm shocked, Ryan, not by your take. I'm shocked by L.A. I always said that people are over-hyping the addition of Matthew Stafford, that he's just okay. Stop you know, considering the Los Angeles Rams as a Super Bowl contending team. Then I watched that first game, and then I watched that second game, and now I'm going against my take because this Rams team looks really, really good. But another team that looks really, really good in the division, the 49ers, another team that always just seems to stick around, the Seattle Seahawks. The Cardinals look like they're on the up and up. I'm not saying that I would be shocked if the Rams didn't finish first. I actually don't have them finishing first because although I'm going against my take that the Rams are just so-so, I think they're better than so-so. This team is much better than so-so. They're very good, especially because the guys that need to step up have stepped up. But I'm going with the Seahawks. The Seahawks shouldn't have lost that game against the Titans. You talk about the weak secondary. It always seems like Seattle's there. That's something that scares me with the Seattle Seahawks in that division. The most experienced team in that division, a team that always just sticks around. That's the best division in all of football. Give me experience over possible potential. You get later on in the season, I think Russell Wilson can you know, push his boys up to the top. But the Rams are going to finish top two. If the Rams don't finish top two in the division, if the Rams don't make the playoffs, this is a disappointment. Because now I'm looking at this L.A. team in a whole new light. This is a really good football team with a whole lot of potential. Give me the Rams second, but give me the experience factor. And even putting the Niners third and the Cardinals fourth or vice versa is blasphemous. Because this division, I think all four teams deserve to make the playoffs. But we'll see when playoff time comes. But I have the Rams in second, finishing at the end of the year. Give me the Seahawks at first. Yeah, I will say, though, I do, you talked about the Titans game where they lost in overtime by three points. They absolutely got destroyed by Derrick Henry. That guy is a beast. But you can tell that right, their running defense is absolutely their weakness right now and that going forward, right? Derrick Henry, 182 yards, three touchdowns on 35 attempts. That's the game plan. Run the ball against the Seattle Seahawks. And with their schedule coming up, you got the Rams coming up. You got the Vikings this this week. Dalvin Cook, give the ball to him. And that's the thing, the game plan is they set up. They've been exposed on the defensive side of the ball. If you can run the football against them, you'll win football games. And Seattle's got to have to keep up with that 
that offense scoring points. And if they go away, the Seattle Seahawks have gone away last year with Russell Wilson. He started out being the number one quarterback in terms of passing yards, touchdowns, and then what they do, run the ball with Chris Carson like they always do. And then what happened? Seattle started to fall down the standings. So if you let Russ cook, sure, Seahawks have a really good chance of finishing first. But knowing Pete Carroll and knowing the situation with Seahawks, I think they still run the ball in the second half of the season, especially with the, getting Rashad Penny back. There's, there's no way I don't see how the Rams finish below first, especially with that balance team in, in general, and adding Matthew Stafford on top of that. Yeah, Ryan, you didn't have to remind me. I had Russell Wilson in fantasy, Justin Herbert on my bench. Killed it for me the first half of the season. I was crying the entire second half of the season when Russell Wilson was giving me 15 points instead of 35. So now that I don't have him on my fantasy team, my guess is he's going to go off all season long. So I'm going to go against my fantasy picks and say, I think Russell Wilson's going to have a pretty good second half of the season. Now we're going to stick with the Rams because this Sunday, it's I would say it's the game of the week. Scott Kaplan posts this. It is the game of the week. The unbeaten Super Bowl champion Bucks visit the Rams at SoFi Stadium. Who will prevail, Ryan? We've You've talked about the Rams. You think they'll finish number one in the NFC West. You're talking about a team in the Bucks that just they're proving why they were the Super Bowl champs and why they are defending their crown. Who do you have in that huge game this weekend? Well, Karen, I've been ranting about the Rams here in the last couple of minutes or so. I'm going to go against them, though, this, this oh, week. What? I'm taking the Buccaneers. Tom Brady is ageless. I'll just say it right now. He is ageless. He's doing MVP stuff at age 44. Nine touchdowns already, only two interceptions. He's looked phenomenal. Like, this is, this is like, easy for him now. There's just – that Buccaneers team is absolutely stacked on weapons. You've got Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, who's looking like a midseason back in Pittsburgh, the MVP season for Antonio Brown. Gronkowski is one of his favorite targets. Only came back because he was on that team. You got OJ Howard at tight end. You also got Cameron Bray. Don't forget about Cameron Bray. That guy can still catch stuff in the red zone. And then you got Scotty Miller, who could be like another Julian Edelman, Wes Welker kind of guy. And then you got the backfield. You got Leonard Fournette, still a great running back. Ronald Jones, Giovanni Bernard. This whole team is like the Brady Bunch is what I call it. Just <laughs> so many weapons, so many opportunity for Brady to find somebody. And then even on the defensive side, that, that defense has been really developing to be a great, great addition for the Buccaneers. Levante David, one of the best linebackers in the league. You got Devin White, they drafted a couple of years ago. You got Antoine Winfield Jr. This team is just absolutely phenomenal. And I'm just so impressed of how good the Bucs are. And they're the favorite right now to be in the Super Bowl once again. So really, it's the Bucs that is the team to beat. And I just don't think the Rams have... It's going to be a great game. Let's let's be honest. It'll be a great game. It'll be a shootout. I'm hoping a lot of scoring. But I think that Buccaneers team with Brady still leading the helm, I think they got the edge in this one. The Rams are going to win the game, and this is why. They're at home. That makes a huge difference. The Bucs have played the Falcons and the Cowboys. Barely squeaked out a win against the Cowboys, a team that I think right now you could say is – you know, just performing at its level, not overperforming, not underperforming. So for a Bucks team that should be levels above Dallas, I'm not too, you know, impressed by that win. 
the Falcons, it's the Falcons and Atlanta actually kept it close until that defense for the Buccaneers kind of blew up. The thing that the Rams have on the offensive side is experience in Matthew Stafford with weapons around him. Don't give me the Matt Ryan point on the Falcons. At least Matthew Stafford has guys around him. Cooper Cup's been phenomenal. I think he'll have a breakout game. You have other guys on, you know, in the slot, in the wideout position. And if you look at that Falcons game, Cordell Patterson, the running back for the Falcons, went off. If you want him in fantasy, go pick him up right now. This is a guy for the Falcons that's going to get a lot of touches. Darrell Henderson is a lot like Cordell Patterson. He's a ground and pound dude, big guy that can get through the seams. I think that the Bucks struggle in that department. Matthew Stafford won't make as many mistakes as Matt Ryan did. And I like that Rams offensive line better than I like the Atlanta offensive line. And I haven't even mentioned the defense for the Los Angeles Rams. Are they going to pick off Tom Brady twice? No, not at all. But what they can do is pressure Brady into you know check down situations and I love that secondary in the open field I'm going to go with the Rams the spread is 0.5 it's pretty much whoever's going to win this game I think the defense proves to be tough for the Rams even though this is going to be a high scoring game expecting both teams to score in the 30s I think the Rams defense comes up clutch I think this is the game where Matthew Stafford proves that he is back to his form that we saw him in Detroit, but this time he has a good team. I'm going to go with the Rams. The Buccaneers are definitely the team to beat, but this week, I think the Buccaneers take a step back. It won't be a huge step back because it's against a team in the Rams that could actually contend for a Super Bowl. But either way, very excited to see this matchup. This will not just be the game of the week. I think this could be a contending game of the year. Let's head to our fifth topic. We're talking about the Colts. It's a team that's underperformed. If you're talking about overperformers and underperformers, Sided NFL Talk posts this. And make sure you go to our website, Sided.co, Sided Debates app. Make an account. If you post a topic, it could be discussed on this podcast. Ryan or someone else that I have on will join me and we'll talk about all the topics that you post. And you can also debate with a plethora of people. What should the Colts do at quarterback, Ryan? I mean, Carson Wentz has two sprained ankles. I've never even had a sprained ankle. And this dude managed to sprain both of his ankles. Do you wait for Carson Wentz to get healthy? Which do you just throw in a backup? Do you call and sign Phillip Rivers and beg him to get away from his 11, 12 children and come back and play football? Do you maybe sign Cam Newton? That, that might be something to add. Or do you trade for a guy like Nick Foles or for someone else to try to hop in for a couple games? What are you giving me here? Well, let's take it one by one. Carson Wentz, when he got traded, when he signed with the Colts, I was like, okay, you better have a backup plan. This dude has been shown that he's been injury prone. He's not been able to stay healthy his whole career. Now, when he went down in preseason with a possible list Frank injury, I was like, well, there it goes. I initially was like, why not trade for Nick Foles? Why not? He's the third string in Chicago. He'll reunite with his former offensive coordinator and Frank Reich as the coach. It just seemed perfect. But here's the thing for the Colts. You should not panic right now. You cannot press the panic button. Jacob Eason, we don't know much about him. Went to Washington, second-year guy at Washington. Sam Ellinger was the guy they drafted this year late in the round out of Texas. And he was actually favored over Eason in preseason. He was right number two on the depth chart. But what I'm getting at is I don't think they should go out and sign another quarterback. 
I think you just develop Eason, give him a few games. Carson Wentz will come back at some point. He's not done for the year. He'll probably be a few weeks. But I just get get a little bit of development. See what you have as a backup quarterback. See what you guys are personnel. And I think this it's best for the Colts right now. They're not really going to be – I don't think they're a contender right now. I think with Titans still dominating the division, I think they're going to be the one on top of the division. Now, will the Colts make the playoffs? Maybe they'll be fine around eight or nine, I think, in terms of the seeding. But I don't see this team completely being there yet. Still a young team. So I think right now it's best to just wait for Carson Wentz to get healthy, roll with what you got with Eason, develop him, see what you got as a backup. And if he makes the backup job, there you go. You know you have a backup quarterback in case Wentz goes down again. Ryan, this is a faltering division. It's a really bad division. The Titans are one and one, or at least in the early performing stages. Titans are one and one. They'll get better. The Texans are one and two. Jacksonville hasn't won a game in Trevor Lawrence. Looks like he likes to throw to the other team more than he likes to throw to his. And the Colts right now, what the Colts are running into are a brick wall of really good teams. It's not really Carson Wentz's fault. You lose to the Seahawks, and then you come right back, and you lose to the Rams. And in a 12-point game and the Rams, it's a three-point game. You got to hold the horses. Carson Wentz has not been that bad. So don't go away from him just like the Eagles did on so many occasions, where did it get them? I think you got to wait it out for Carson Wentz. I don't think it matters about the development of Jacob Eason. I just think that you need a buffer in there until Wentz comes back. Now, if Wentz gets injured again after coming back, you got to talk about a backup plan. Talk about a guy that's actually viable in that backup spot. Because I don't think Eason, for a team with that much potential on the offensive defensive side, can take the Colts to the playoffs. But if you're Indianapolis, Carson is your guy. Carson Wentz is your guy. Treat him that way. Don't go and trade for a quarterback. He'll be, at that point, if I was a starting quarterback, I'd like, screw this. It's already happened to me in Philly. You're going to do the same thing in Indianapolis. <clears throat> I think it's absolutely crazy that people are considering trading for Nick Foles or just trading for another quarterback in general. Carson Wentz is your guy. He's taking you this far. I think the Colts are still contending because they haven't even reached the easy stretch of their season. But you got to hope that this is a one-time thing with Carson Wentz. Because as we've seen in the past, as you've mentioned, Ryan, this hasn't been a one-time thing. Carson Wentz needs to be your guy for the next couple of years. He's the only guy that can take this team to the playoffs. I don't think Nick Foles makes that much of a difference. Slow your roll, see how this team plays against the Titans. But I have full faith that Carson Wentz will come back and come back healthy. Well, I will say this. Colts right now have the best offensive line in football. Quinn Nelson, Brain Smith on the right side. For me, Eason, I mean, you got the best situation. You got a lot of protection for you. This is the best success for Eason to prove himself if he's a backup quarterback in the NFL. And if, with the weapons he got, you got Michael Pittman. T.Y. Hilton will come back, hopefully at some point. I'm really hoping he will for this Colts team for their benefit. Paris Campbell, hoping he stays healthy. Zach Paschal, you got Jack Doyle also. And also Jonathan Taylor. Don't forget about the backfield. Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines. This team's got weapons. This team can possibly be a playoff team. Uh, well, I, like I said before, I don't think they will. They'll probably be fighting for that seven spot, but they, they could make a potential run. But why not give the chance to Easton? Give himself to give him a chance to prove himself. Prove himself that he could be the backup plan in case you're like you're saying, Cameron, Carson Wentz has got to be the guy. But you got to have a backup plan because of his injury has history. And if he can whether he can stay healthy or not. That's that's the problem right now with the Colts. 
Could be. I mean, 41% of people on sided say sign Cam Newton. So it seems like we're way off the mark with everyone on sided. I don't think that's a great idea. Carson Wentz should be your guy. And yeah, if you're going to develop everyone, anyone, develop within the organization. There's no need to search elsewhere. Now, Ryan, I know this is your first time on the show. We do this thing called final debate of the day. There's a minute on the clock. I actually posted this because I'm curious about this in the college football landscape. You have at it. You have the floor. You take it from here. One minute on the clock. I posted this on our website, Sided.co, and our Sided Debates app. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Will Oregon make the college football playoff? Yes, no, or is it too early to tell for the third-seeded Ducks? One minute on the clock, Ryan. You have the floor. Well, I will say this. Oregon has a great football team again, once again. Right now, they're currently ranked third on the AP poll. Go into Ohio State at Columbus, beat Ohio State, come back and win. This team is really well good, and that was the first test of the season. Can this team play against a top school like Ohio State? Potentially, really, they were top 10 at the moment. They're really like top five like every year. Now, here's the problem with college football. It's one conference, SEC. SEC is what's been controlling the whole conference. You got Alabama, Auburn's always up there. Just so many, so many teams in the SEC. Now, looking at Oregon's schedule, they got the Pac-12 with Washington. You got UCLA a couple weeks. They're a top 25 team right now. Stanford, they're okay, but they got beat by K-State really bad in the opening week against at, at the Jerry Jones Dome in, in, in Dallas. I just don't see how Oregon could lose it at this point. You know, you don't have to play to a lot of top 25 teams in the country every single week and hoping that, oh, I hope I just get past this week to keep going. It's theirs to lose. Now, will a committee and the, the poll writers give it to them? I hope so. I really hope so. But we just see in the past where a lot of teams just get – really close they go undefeated and the poll writers lean towards a bigger conference with a much tougher schedule so i think right now it's a little early to tell just because we're only in week two oregon's still trying to figure themselves a lot of teams are still trying to figure themselves out but will they and will they eventually have the chance to do it sure i will definitely give them a chance and i think right now it's just it's just too early to tell we still got a long season left there's still a lot more time to play and see which teams will falter or which teams will rise to the occasion ryan quick answer on my end i'm saying no it always seems like conference play is when teams take that dip especially a conference like the pac-12 where oregon should not lose a game oregon should beat teams by 20 every single game but i'm going no because i expect some wonkiness for oregon this season ryan thanks for taking the time to hop on the sided podcast i appreciate it yeah thanks for having me this was great i loved it so much Awesome. Well, this has been episode 39 of the Sided Podcast. If you liked it, subscribe. Obviously, like this video as well. If you're listening on our podcast platforms, great. If you're not and you don't want to see our beautiful faces, then just listen on our podcast platforms. That's down in the description. Comment with any of your takes. I respond to all of them. So if you disagree with what Ryan and I said, then I'm so willing to argue with you in the comments or just go to our website, Sided.co or our Sided Debates app, and I'll do it on there and you can post any topic you're curious about. But for episode 39 of the Sided Podcast, for Cameron Uzair, Ryan Ashenson, you don't have to wait much longer to hear our voices again.
We'll catch you next time.